Welcome everybody to Playing Advantage, the rugby podcast where four mates chat about everything SA Rugby without taking ourselves too seriously. As always, I have the pleasure of chatting shit about SA Rugby with three guys who know a thing or two. Damien. Hello guys. Keegs. Hello everyone. Cav. Hello there. And myself, <laughs> Marco. Guys, first, uh, oh no, actually the second round of Super Rugby of uh, 2020 in the books and my oh my what a mixed bag of results and not the good kind you know when you were little you got the goodie bag when you're seven years old like there's always like lots of fun stuff in there this is more like the Chinese knockoff because there was a bunch there was one good game and there was just absolute horseshit. <laughs> uh, it was terrible but uh, <laughs> at least maybe that's just not all bad but that's what I'm saying there's one amazing thing and then the rest is just horrible uh, but we'll get there um, in our first impressions. Uh, just running through the agenda uh, as usual, uh, we'll look at uh, the results of the weekend, our first impressions, uh, look at the three SA rugby games that was played over the weekend, um, look at our players of the week, our plonkers of the week, favorite section of reference, and then our predictions uh, for next week's game. Uh, so, yeah, Dames, do you want to take us away with some of the results? Gonna do results. Uh, so, yeah, no, sorry. No, we can. Do you just just get it out of the way. Would it be second impressions then? Maybe. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Sharks beat the Hunters away, forty to twenty. Brumbies beat the Rebels, thirty nine twenty six. Uh, Shock Chiefs win against the Satyrs, twenty five fifteen. Blues beat the Tars, thirty two twelve. Lions beat the Reds, twenty seven twenty. Stormers. Outboard the Bulls 13 points to zero and Jaguars lost to the Canes 23-26. So yeah, like you say, a bit of a mixed bag. And not the good kind. <laughs> Look, not all the games are bad. No, but I'm saying from an SA rugby perspective. Sharks played well. <laughs> yeah, exactly the, the one good thing. Okay. Keeks, uh, um, first impressions of the weekend. First impression. Um the Bulls look like the Bulls of 2006. Except they're not winning. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was going to say that. But uh, yeah, that's my, that's my... And I said it last week and Kevin and I were talking about the Bonnet stain effect. And uh, I think he has taken them back yeah. five, six years at least. <laughs> that's my first impression. True story. Cool. Kev? Uh, my first impression is going to be about the Lions. Um, no shock. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I I uh, know that everybody was a little bit frustrated with the quality of the game, um, but I was one of the few people that that wasn't ready. I thought that um, even though the Lions were um, expected to win that game, um, I thought that it was an important win for us, and uh, it just speaks to me about the the brand new rebuilding phase that uh, that our team is uh, is a part of at the moment, and. Um, yeah, the, the the systems are bad as expected. The defense is bad as expected, <laughs> but um, there are some some heroes that are going to shine through, in my opinion, this season. And I think it's it's just about uh, it's just about scoring the tries. One of the things we did notice is that that's definitely the captain's orders. Is not we didn't kick any points. <laughs> so, apparently, the folks are, are here to to score tries and not uh, and not uh, penalties. So. Good on you. I'm I'm kind of happy about it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Okay. Massive shout out to Tyron Green. Yeah, <laughs> massive yeah. shout out to Tyron Green. <laughs> Played well. So, Go for it, um, For me, I think the Sharks are actually looking good value for money this season. That's my first impression. I mean, going away and winning like that in New Zealand um, always puts you in great stead going forward. Uh, I think they can possibly do it again with the Canes coming up this mm-hmm. weekend. And I think if they get the two wins on the road in New Zealand, they're going to be a very, very hard team to stop. I think they'll have the momentum. Um, you know, I don't know if they stay away in Oz, but regardless, I think with the win over the Stormers, hey, no, the Bulls, they won, they, they beat the Bulls in the first week. Yes, the Stormers. And win. so I think with those wins in the bag, I think that's just going off form, probably looking like our best bet seeing as the way the Storm has played this weekend didn't look like super rugby <laughs> champions that's my first impression um, yeah I, I think my first impression I was saying uh, to the guys of the weekend 
that apparently the different rugby teams got the wrong memos to play the style of rugby that's dictated by the conditions. Literally, the Lions and the Reds decided from minute one, guys, we're going to throw the ball around. <laughs> Doesn't matter if there's a torrential yeah. downpour, the conditions are shit. Had we like are more gonna, rain in Joburg the last are, day than we have in the last year. <laughs> We are just going to have it. And then what happens in the bright, sunny, beautiful, perfect conditions in Cape Town, the guys just kicking the ball. The crash ball. Ping pong, yeah, crash ball rugby. Literally, you want to tear your eyes out. Type of thing. <laughs> um, so I'm glad. For, uh, I'm not a Lions supporter, but at least they, they're having a crack. Um, with all the talent that the Stormers have, you kind of think that you'd maybe, maybe try a few things um, and then just with the Bulls as well. Uh, we, we knew exactly what was going to happen with more than nice thing, as his wife does every single Thursday uh, between 7 and 8. So you're saying the Lions don't play well for one game and the Stormers have two good games and now you're glad you're not a Lions supporter and no, no, the, no. the last couple of seasons of Super Rugby you're just writing off completely. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I'd rather be... Uh, I'm not a Lions supporter but I'd rather watch Lions Rugby at the moment compared to the Stormers. Sure. Uh, but yeah, let me... Well, should we start chronologically with the, the Sharks game? Yeah? Mm. yeah, I think so. So in the Sharks game, um, my impression of it was that uh, it was a humongous first half uh, Sharks came out the gates very, very strong, and um, they did let up a little bit in the second half. But I think, luckily, good coaching uh, to put the the new front row on when they did um, made a big impact, in my opinion, and uh, took it home nicely. Yeah, I think with that back line that we've been saying the whole time, you know, if they fire, it's going to look well. They're going to look like a really unbeatable side, and I think yep. that's a lot of what happened. But I think their back line was firing off a very good forward performance. I think their forwards played really well. They got dominant at the breakdown. And yeah, the, I think the, the Highlanders, the first game of the season, maybe a bit rusty. But at the same time, they even when they looked like they were coming back into it, the Sharks managed to shut them down and still get back mm-hmm. onto the front foot, which is ultimately, if you're going to go far in a competition like this, what you need to do. Yeah, I think uh, one of the... Trademarks of all the New Zealand sides have always been to score on the counter-attack and to literally capitalise off of your mistakes. And so the African teams haven't always done that. And I think the Sharks this weekend showed with both of Fussy's tries there at the end. You give the guy a gap and they're going to hurt you. Uh, same thing with the, the two wings. So I think that's also something that really impressed me uh, is that it's not a, we're going to control the game. We're going to play out of our half. It's a case of, I'm going to get an opportunity and I'm going to go try some things. Uh, I think a reasonably polished performance from Kevin Bosch as well, uh, in order to keep those uh, those, those backline guys in gaps to keep it flowing. Uh, I think he played very well. Um, I won't say the same about Louis Schroeder, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> Absolute dog's breakfast, and uh, I'd say Nohamba for president moving forward. He looks like an absolute treat of a scrummy, uh, constantly looking at gaps and uh, just fantastic service and energy. Yeah, sure. So my, my input on the game was um, the Sharks' defense is ultimately what led the, the Highlanders to make mistakes. And that's kind of the game plan. Like, you know, you can see when they have the ball, they are going to run it. That's mm. just ultimately what they want to do, and which is exciting to watch, obviously. But when the Sharks are defending, they're waiting for... They trust in their defensive system so much that they are essentially waiting for... The other team to make a mistake that's how patient they are they're like mm. it's fine run at us we'll handle whatever you throw at us and if you drop the ball then you screwed we will we will punish you for that yeah. and i think that shows a very confident team um going forward i think and, and you guys have all said it like yes the sharks are looking good um but we'll see it is only round two hey? the sharks have done this a few times now um, and uh, being a Shark supporter, that's something that I've noticed. They've played really well in the beginning of the season, middle of the season when it comes to crunch time and, and points start really mattering, or math really matter. Um, yeah, they, they, they toss it, unfortunately. For me, I think the one thing I've seen about the Sharks this season is I think they've recruited quite well, not in terms of front-line players, but in terms of kind of bolstering their depth. Yeah. Yeah. I think very often what you'd see is with the Sharks that have like a Springbok or majority Springbok starting lineup and then their bench would come on and you'd have like, I don't know, Chili Boy running on and, you know, not 
the same caliber of players. Mm. And while they've recruit, recruited a lot of youngsters, I think they're all guys with very bright futures. So if you look sure. at like the Tumbways and the Fenters and the, that kind of, yeah. and even bringing someone like Craig Burden back, like, yes, you'd also do need a bit of experience. So I think they've done very well to build that side and consolidate what they did have while also looking a bit towards the future. Yeah. So I just want to clear something up. When you say recruited, do you mean shopping at other unions? Is that what you are referring to? <laughs> I mean, we, we were discussing it before the podcast with Keegan. Um, okay. okay. That is the yes. definition of recruitment in yeah. itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go look elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, our, well, at least for the Lions, we've lost a couple of players to you and a couple of guys that looked really good in the Curry Cup and so on. So I think you guys have done your homework. And I know... I think you had a big unveiling campaign. I don't know if you saw it before yeah. the season, but I think it was like nine players that you signed. Yeah. And they were all... Just from the Lions. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they felt like they were. <laughs> but so. didn't you also get uh, Notche? Mm. Yeah, no, from the exactly. Stages, yeah. So he's, he, I mean, he was a starter there. Mm. And that is fantastic recruitment because, you know, you're filling gaps. I mean, you have lost a couple of players like the Dupria, you know, family, like 45 of them. But... Um, <laughs> You seem to have filled those gaps quite well, which yeah. is what I feel like a lot of the other South African unions are kind of struggling with. Yeah, yeah and I thought Madosh uh, took his, his chance yeah. Uh, yeah. this yeah. weekend. He did, he did really well, in my opinion. And I think to speak to Keegan's point uh, as well, I think you're right, Dems, about uh, having recruited the right people, but also the Sharks have started well, but they've shot, started the right kind of well. Mm. Yes. Because exactly that, you know, they know they've got the proven speedsters and the proven finishers, and as you say, they've, they've recruited to get their depth up. Um, but what's important is exactly where it starts is with the systems yeah. uh, with the defense with the communication I mean that's like I was saying the forward base game I mean you need to make your tackles you need to make sure you're not yeah. using ball of rock time and you consolidate there then you give the guys out wide the, yeah. the opportunities and so I, go ahead something that I just wanted to mention is that I think South Africa is missing the Sharks have been doing this for years um, and I think a lot of the South African un- the bigger unions the Bulls the Lions and the Stormers, they've they haven't worked their, their their system from the ground level up, and what I'm talking about is we were joking earlier about um, club club recruitment and all that stuff, but it is ultimately what they do with the likes of the Collegiates and Rovers, is the Sharks players injured or not, if you're not part of the big selection pool. You're going and you're going down to club level and you're playing for them. And and this is the, the thing I think a lot of the Joburg sides in particular are missing, is that kind of high-level rugby mm. and it being injected into club rugby. And and it works its way up. You know, you've got the Sharks Academy, which is a massive feeder into the, into the union as a whole. And I think it hasn't worked out every single year. Um, but from a player selection and a player pool, I, I don't... I think Western Province is the the closest thing with their Stellenbosch Academy and with their club. Yeah, their look, club I, actually, I actually have a little bit of a sore spot about that because I think, yes, props to uh, KZN, props to Western Cape, they do um, incorporate a lot of its stuff. But at the same time, what it ends up doing is shooting a lot of our up-and-coming players in the foot um, or in the face. <laughs> because anybody anybody who's not who's not built and nurtured there doesn't have the same chance and, and I mean you, you can only expect a provincial uh, union to, to do what they can for themselves mm-hmm. I don't expect anything else but it's maybe like it's Sari's issue to come yes. and look at the, the whole situation and say why don't we do this all over the mm-hmm. country because definitely um, Joburg and Pretoria have bigger pools and um, you're right our players tend to come from um, all over the place Varsity Cup you know, we, we, we take people from uh, Griquiz, Falca, yeah. uh, all sorts of stuff. And we don't have... The, then the Sharks Academy and, and similar sits as like a big blight on our selection process. Because, mm. you know, what the hell is the Sharks Academy selling? Yeah. Because it's, it's actually apart from our system of selection, the way it should be. But you're right, it works well for the Sharks. And... Um, I, I don't know. I just think it's a whole bit of a bugger yeah, situation. It's a very complicated one as well because you're going to have someone like Sharks Academy Scouts sitting at Craven Week and picking up players not from KZN. And you go, yeah. what's the point of having such a big school rugby system then if it's not filtering through to, to those particular unions? And I know that the Lions, well, must have been two or three years ago, have started picking a 50 60 man under 16 group so they're identifying talent already at under 16 level 
and saying, okay, we're going to put you through camps and so on from under 16 level with a view to the future, which I yeah. think is how probably it should be more than, you know, how it's working now, where yeah. you go and often pay money to go to Sharks Academy and then don't have a... Well, it's, that system's stopped, eh? you know, you don't pay. No, is it? Yeah. It was, well, I don't know, it wasn't up until a couple of years ago where you had to, you could pay to go to Sharks Academy, yeah, which I mean, besides the point. But just pulling uh, that back in terms of final thoughts on the Sharks game, uh, for me, fantastic hands compared to everybody else, uh, Lions, Stormers, yeah. Bulls, guys uh, just throwing the ball, you know, around, hoping that somebody can, can catch it, uh, aka Cornell Hendricks, but we'll get to him soon. Um, but really, Sharks hands, fantastic, the back of the, out of the hand passes, the vision, I mean, we don't, we don't have to speak kind of enough about Kanyam, uh, because we do it every single week. Uh, but really, it doesn't look this good this early. Um, and like we said earlier, it's good tries. It's not lucky tries. Um, so well worked there. Um, but yeah, maybe moving on to uh, the next game, Lions versus uh, Reds. Um, thoughts on, on that one? Yeah, I think not... Well, like we said right at the beginning, the conditions weren't favourable for expansive, amazing handling rugby but that's what both teams try to do so kudos to them yeah um, kudos to them I think that you know in part it did look really good and there's some hope going forward I think that especially like like Cap was saying we're not going to leave anything on the table maybe at the ball other than maybe a few points for not kicking at the poles but we're literally going to go out there and take our chance every single time and it's going to be one of those season seasons where either it does click and we pull off a few shock victories we're not expected to, or we just might get a few losses that are a bit bigger than we expect. Yeah, it, so, it felt to me like an exciting uh, bottom of yeah. the log clash. And, um, you, you know, I think a lot of Lions supporters will be angry about that because we haven't been bottom of the log for so long, but I think we have to accept at this point that's where yeah. we are and we're building up from there. Yeah. So, so what I found really interesting was exactly what you're saying. So Reds came and played... Um, a traditional Lions game and they tried to spread it and I felt and yeah no, nobody looked at the weather reports <laughs> but um, that didn't work for them and the Lions actually gained a bit of ascendancy because because we looked like the more we had the more dangerous players on the field um, and then actually I think the Reds changed the tune a little bit and started taking them up up front which um, unfortunately the Lions didn't stand up to no, exactly and oh. the, the pack doesn't look good enough they don't look polished enough and the defense is, is absolutely nowhere but that can be fixed, you know. The, the boys are big and they are they are strong, so they can uh, they can get it right. And I think it might come down to a bit of like we were saying at the beginning of the season, the coaching. Um, I think it's just going to come with experience. I think Van Royen just needs to, you know, have these issues to be able to address them. So now he goes, okay, well we weren't good enough at scrum time, we weren't good enough at lineup, and well no one was good at lineups this weekend apparently. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I think you've got to obviously have those issues and then go back to the drawing board and go, okay, how do we fix them? Um, and obviously taking over a new team until they come up, you can't address them. So I think that, I don't think the Reds played badly. I don't think the Lions were horrendous. But I think that both teams, you know, it would have been a much better game if it was dry or they decided to play yeah, like maybe could have canvassed a little bit of what they'd been preparing all week if it was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think Alton, Alton um, he, he was good on the field He's, he, I don't know about his captaincy yeah. Um, yeah. but, but, but to, uh, this, this last weekend I thought that his performance was actually good and he did marshal the game and he, and he had a lot of dangerous um, snipes himself and, and he put a lot of people away yeah. in a classic Alton style so um, what I wanted to chat about was the run, one-off runners I think if, and, and this is something that if you have someone like Peter Steph de Toy or a unit, you know, who can run into contact and can handle himself in contact and, and be able to present the ball exactly and be able to present the ball efficiently and allow for guys to come and clean, that's fine. You're talking about Brink. So <laughs> definitely, yeah, Carl Brink. Eh? Um, Basically, the Lions attempt this, but they just don't have those carriers. Because they're doing it with, with Dan Creel and Duncan Matthews. Yeah, and, and the, <laughs> but not only, I'm talking purely the forwards, so they're trying those one-off runners off the ruck. And yeah. um, I forgot the Lions number four, 
What was his name? Um, oh, it's not Ferrer. Excuse me. Um, he attempted to multiple times. He's he was clearly earmarked as, as a ball carrier and he was... He's not a ball carrier. Piss poor. He is a car horse, first of all. He has no speed whatsoever. And, and zero grunt. He was getting dominated in contact. And I mean, how do you get go forward ball? And um, the flanker is just too small. Schumann, uh, yeah. is, yeah. is just too small to actually get go forward ball. I think I think you, you can leave him there as a six if you have a if you have a big strong seven. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's the thing. And my son, massive individual. Why I didn't see him carrying mm, the ball once. So that's what I was once. thinking now. So Massain was playing. I was actually thinking to myself, who was playing eight? Because I didn't see him yeah. almost at all on the field. No, he was too quiet. Yeah. Um, and Ori. Yeah. Well, Marvin Ori is Ruben Schumann. Ruben Schumann. That's it. So that's my big issue is, and maybe, maybe they need to go and find other other players. Cause but I mean, that's honestly. You've also got a guy like Yanni Duplessis on the field, but I don't. Th- I can't think of one time he ran the ball and. Did I mean, he yeah. ran twice and he got dominated. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. stop there. But I think that's so. The the two points that you guys raised, I think they almost go hand in hand because it's a new coaching setup because they're starting from ground zero, that they. There's no defined roles. Nobody's put up the hand and said, okay, cool, I'm a ball carrier. You best believe you must be looking for me when it comes to uh, taking the ball up. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Creel is not a crash ball runner. He's not going to get over there. He's not a 12 in the first place. Duncan Matthews, I don't know, there's a new fad that we try and wings at outside center. I don't know why, but apparently that's a thing now. He's not a crash ball runner. Schumann's not a crash ball runner. The four lock is not a crash ball runner. So it's almost but, a case of every, everybody wants to do everything. And that's just not how professional sports It's got to the to. point now where I've called up the team and I'm going, okay, the guys that should be running crash balls here are the seven and the eight. And yes. it's Masain and it's uh, Chichuka, mm. yeah. who's a locked effectively. And he is very good with the ball in hand. He yeah. is a crash ball runner. But I can't actually remember seeing much of him yesterday either. So Exactly. So I think guys have to... Kind of but, it's, but it's not just that. I mean, I mean the, the guys are there to do a lot of job. And, and, and I think that's... The back line did work hard. Mm. I mean, Green, Green yes. spent his whole game working. Yes. Um, no, I thought did. the scrummy was good. Yeah, as I said, that little scrummy played very well. Um, the wings were quite good. Yeah, I know. The, well, the, the guys and Kutsia at 15. Kutsia did a lot of game controlling, and yeah. he's a lot of the they reason won. that a lot more tries weren't scored against the Lions. Um, but he's got experience, you know. But the, the forwards um, were, were exactly what let the team down. They didn't... They didn't stand up and control the game, not yeah. just with ball in hand, not just whinging about not getting crash balls, but because they didn't make tackles. Yeah. They didn't even hold their line, you know? Yeah. And I think maybe just looking at the, the bright side with Jakob Krill and Willem Alberts coming yeah. back, that's when the maturity comes back. That's when Hopefully. the experience comes back. Sure. I was about yes. to say, if you um, play so Krill at six, it solves a lot of your problems here. Yeah, sure. And Willem you- Alberts at eight. Or even Schumann at eight and uh, Alberts at seven. Do you think Alberts has seven. a full... 60 minutes in well that's, a, that's what I was going to say comparatively to the rest of the Lions <laughs> team he definitely does Can, even maybe just uh, a nice uh, different idea Albert's at 4 not he, a bad idea he doesn't he's have the pace before. he has played if you go and look at his um, his player profile he's a number he's, he's a loose forward or lock yeah. I, have a, I have a feeling what they'll do they'll rather play Albert's at 7 and put Chichuka at lock probably yeah I think that's that's a that's a better plan. Mm-hmm. I would do that if if it were up to me. But um, that's just because I think the flanks in the lines set up need to have like a better skill set. And I'm not sure that Tuchuka is. Yeah. Uh, you said he's good with ball in hand, but I I, I don't really know that to well, be true. I, I only think he's good with ball in hand because I can't think of anything else. That I know <laughs> I know that Ori is not good at anything. Yeah. So uh, he's a springbok lock. Okay, Kev, come now. Yes, Willem, I, don't, I don't know. He's obviously good at following instructions. <laughs> <laughs> With Willem Albert, though, it's a, it's a big ask for for an old bully basically to to just carry the whole game. Yeah, sure. And like, yeah. I understand that we've got defined roles and that you kind of put in that position and what you must do. But you need to alternate. You need to have at least two big ball carriers, and yeah, that yeah, surely yeah. should be your number four lock. Mm. And that's the problem is the Lions are looking a bit light in my yeah. And to rely solely on Willem Albert saying he can only play a 50, yeah. 60 minute game. Yeah. But I mean, I think Krill's also a good ball carrier. So I think you give him some ball. Yeah. He'll he's be a runner. Okay. He's yeah. not, it's not a, you, you don't want him running in your channel one because that's, 
he's, he, he's not the biggest open side. Sure. It's the same as Human. It's the same, mm-hmm. same sentiment. On a serious rugby note, before we go into the next game, shout out to Tate McDermott for that haircut. Oh, <laughs> that bowl <laughs> cuts of bowl notes. Cut. I mean, he's bringing it back. Um, oh, and he looks like a, a, a 12-year-old as well. Yeah. Let's just be honest. I, I don't think I've seen a jersey that small before on a professional rugby player. <laughs> I think it's extra, extra small. But uh, scores the tries, dude. Yeah, you got to give it. He's <laughs> got good footwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's got a very good try. Yeah. Okay. Should we move on to the most exciting game of the weekend? To the worst game of the weekend by far. <laughs> Stormers versus Bulls. Uh, the scoreline there. Thirteen nil. Thirteen nil. So. Some people would look at the glass half full and say Stormers haven't given up any points so far this season. I would break that glass yeah. if it's up to me because it's, it was just absolutely, I'd rather scratch out my eyes than watch rugby like this. Honestly, with your intro, I really thought you were going to take the glass half full approach, Marco. <laughs> Definitely not. No, guys, no, no, that's 2020. I'm not, uh, it's not 2007. I don't want to watch that show. It's the fact that a, that a Stormers supporter was willing to just happily flick over to the to the <laughs> island game um it just says it all yeah definitely definitely yeah. i mean if you're going to play that rugby and it's minus like 42 and raining like it was in the england scotland game you'd understand it yes yeah. but it wasn't yeah beautiful day huge crowd lots of supports it didn't and, and it was disappointing because i think i thought out the blocks both teams we had like end-to-end stuff for the first five minutes and it looked like it was going to be a fantastic game yeah um, great skills, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of exciting running, and then Oaks were like, Oof, that's, well, not, "That's not what we're going to do today." <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think the Stormers did look dominant throughout. I thought they they played a lot of the rugby. I just think the Bulls were up to a lot of it. When the Bulls did get the ball, I think they did knock on or they they did they gave the ball away a lot. Yeah. Um, no, the, I mean the Bulls. The penalty count was off the charts. The, yeah. the knock ons were, were absolutely ridiculous. The guys couldn't catch the ball and put a, put um, any of their plans together. But then the Stormers were happy just to let them keep running at them and making mistakes all day. They, they didn't have much to say about it either. Yeah, and then they also just decided, okay, cool, thanks for giving us the ball. We're going to give it straight back to you by kicking it downfield in into the guys' yeah. bread baskets. So that being said, apparently I know nothing about rugby because the Bulls de- uh, beat sixteen defenders. To the Stormers eight. So well, the Bulls were doing all the running. Yeah, eight offloads. Just no, none of the Stormers, but they did concede twenty nine turnovers. Jeez, That's crazy. Right? So and, and you can do as much uh, running as you want, but if you don't actually end up converting your opportunities, yeah. it doesn't matter. So the Stormers, I mean, the Bulls lost lost the ball a couple times in the contact zone. Mm. I don't know if that was just um, ball management mm. in terms of contact. And also at the ruck, um, losing the ball forward, and it was it was a very dry, typical February in, in Cape Town, and you know you, you watch watch the England. I think it was three three balls lost in the yeah. England Scotland game, mm-hmm. and I mean that in that kind of weather, it just it's like, come on guys, mm-hmm. you know, pick up the game a little bit. Look, I'd I'd love to say so. The I think the treat that we were all looking forward to was that front row battle at Scrum Time. Uh, five spring box um, and I think it lived up to the hype a very equal uh, matchup um, was was quite a uh, you know, nice challenge uh, for both teams but other than that nobody really took the, the bull by the horns nobody stepped up and uh, I said excuse the pun you know of course um, but I, I don't know it's just uh, Peter Steph had his, his massive innings as well but besides that I couldn't really think of anybody who was standout players Herschel regressed for me um even if on sale also had poor service, we already spoke about staying. I don't know. Cornell Hendricks apparently loves giving the ball away because uh, he was through. Uh, who, who put him through that gap? He was on the oh, 22. He, was, he had two on the outside, one on, on the, the inside, inside and he and just proceeded to pass to, to the opposition player. Literally to the opposition, I think, prop it was. Alistair for Mark. It's just yeah, no, it just It just didn't look like they, uh, they were ready to fire. It was a bit of a sad shame. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that there's this much silence amongst four guys who can chat shit forever, it, it, I think it just speaks volumes to, yeah. it was just a horrendous game. It's, it's really sad because, um, you know, we, we were talking so much about the Stormers last week. They looked so uh, so dangerous for the competition. Yeah. And, you know, I think we, we, I don't know if everybody else feels like this, but I naturally sort of, whenever Super Rugby starts, of course I support my team, I support the Lions, but I also want to support the, 
the winning horse in the South African conference mm, to, to who's got the best opportunity to beat the New Zealanders. That's basically what Super Rugby has become over the past couple of years. And who's going to beat the Saders when it comes to that? Nobody is the key. And I think that's the thing, you know, when, um, when it came down to it, the reason we were so excited about the Lions and their transformation under Akers, and even before that, a little bit under John Mitchell, um, was because they, they took this sort of like foot on the gas policy throughout the whole game in addition to playing exciting rugby yeah. now Stormers looked like that last week and then this week they, I agree that they were dominant the entire game kind of but they, they were happy just to, to hang there and we've seen the Stormers do that before yeah. and, it, and it doesn't always it doesn't work no, against New Zealand no, teams no, no, it can work against South African teams yes, you can yes. win local derbies but not against New Zealand no. teams look the one thing you maybe have to say about the Stormers is that yeah, I suppose you can just take as a positive is that they maybe are adapting their game to their opposition. So you know that the Canes are going to play a very expansive game, a running game. So you take that game to them. You know the Bulls are going to shut up shop, kick, and be very tactical and, and tight and so on. And look, to be able to beat both of those teams at their own game does bode well in the long term. Um, not going to make for massively exciting rugby, but you might be winning games, which you know might be what you need at the end of the day. See, uh, so I agree and disagree with uh, that strategy, but for me, the biggest part of that is that if you're going to do that, that's fine, but then the guys who are supposed to perform still need to perform, and none of the players, in my opinion, performed yesterday. Nobody I could pick out and say, you know what, that guy actually had a good game, and he looks he looks okay for the future, besides Peter Steph. Fair enough, but if you are having a bad game and you're still winning, that's fantastic for your season. Yeah, it's it's actually it's it's interesting that you say that, and something that um, uh, I think it was Bush James uh, in one of the, the, the shows I was watching was saying, um, which I thought was quite interesting, is you, you always think that the ten takes on the ten, but the ten doesn't end up taking on the ten. The ten takes on the fifteen, mm-hmm. and so uh, Kerwin Bosch wouldn't beat Mornay Stain at that at that territory game, hundred percent. But um, when he was kicking on um, uh, what's his name, uh, Galant. Um, he had a he had a, a better chance, you know, and so that's what that's what happened. The ball was fielded well the entire time. Um, the aerial ping pong game was was in action, but nobody actually gained a huge ascendancy because of that sort of ten to fifteen. Mm. You're talking about Villosa. Sorry, I'm not talking about Villosa. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Villosa is not going to so, be sorry. Villosa, not, not yeah. Bosch. Is that, is that what I said? He's not going to be staying in a one on one. Exactly. Yeah. No, but I mean, who who was that fifteen for the Stormers? Blades. Blades. See, that's for me. Mornay Stain is going to be Blades in a kicking contest all day long. But if Blades running the ball, it's a different story. Different story. Yeah. Yeah. No, very very good point actually. Yeah, but Blades didn't run the ball, and I think that's that's the way that they should have. So exactly what you're saying is that they took them on in their own game. In my opinion, that's bad policy. No, it is bad policy. But the fact that you can do it and win does say something about your season or your yeah. chances. I liken it to you know, a kickboxer or Muay Thai boxer versus a, just a stand-up boxer. <laughs> now, do you think that a Muay Thai boxer is going to try and stand-up box with a normal boxer? He's gonna, he should use his legs more. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's the same sentiment. Now, the Stormers, you know, run the ball. You've got great runners. Yeah. Run the ball, don't kick the bloody ball. And it's I, simple. Yeah, we were saying it yesterday as well. Uh, it's especially with the the Sharks game. I think you and I are watching uh, them on Friday. It, it doesn't make any sense for me that yes, I understand if you're in your own twenty-two and the fullback gets the ball, you obviously kick it out. You make sure that you make, you march play upfield. But when there's an up and under, there's no pressure from the opposition, and you catch it in between the ten and the twenty-two, right? So for every, if you think about every South African side. Our wings are probably some of the, we've got incredible depth. Now, why would you not want to use both those guys, which they they on both sides? So you can choose. You look up. There's there's the uh, the field of play in front of you. Okay, there's a gap. Okay, my wings gonna come run with me. Our guys can finish from the Bulls, uh, Hendricks, Speckman, uh, from the the Sharks, Mampimpi, at some way. Uh, of course, everybody, even the lines, uh, uh, Tyrone Green, and we've got Kutsia there. So for me, it's a it's a strength. Why aren't we countering when you've got the skill, when you've got the pace, uh, instead of just pinging it back the whole time? It, it, for me, it doesn't. Yeah, make well, it. we are the lines, right? Yeah, no, no, definitely. <laughs> but I'm saying just as a as a collective, we've never had this depth at um, uh, at wing before. Yeah, you lift up uh, Cordon Scotland. 
Yeah, but he's not a good wing, so let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's just leave it. Isn't he like the top try scorer in the competition last year or something like that? Uh, was he playing? What was, was he playing? Ago? Super Rugby? Or was he playing uh, Pirates a Challenge? Uh, <laughs> just, just want to make sure there's a big difference there. Um, but yeah, I think just wrapping up a mixed bag. I'm hoping for a bit better uh, rugby uh, moving forward, but uh, I think potential. Uh, we just need to uh, follow the sharks example, uh, in, in my opinion. Well, listen. Uh, after the Stormers Bulls game, it can only get better, mate. So don't worry. Yeah. Let's let's hope and pray. <laughs> um, moving on to Player of the Week. Player of the Week. Um, I know we we normally steal each other's. So who wants to go first and, and get this out of the way? Not me. I'm gonna go last. I don't think anyone's gonna steal mine, so I'll go first. Um, oh, that doesn't make any sense. I should go. Last. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll go first anyway. Um, I think what I was gonna say uh, initially, uh, but I changed my mind. I wanted to I wanted to give player of the week to the to the replacements for the Sharks, pretty much all of them, because I thought that that actually did a change a game that was looking like it was being clawed back. Um, but just in the in the process of our communication, I think I want to give my player of the week to Tyron Green. I <laughs> <laughs> still yours, dead. Well, yeah, no problem. I um, know it. Yeah, no, I thought I thought that he was he was absolutely standout, and in a game that was like it, it wasn't a great um, exhibition of rugby. Uh, the guy did so much work, and he just looked like he wanted to play. You know, if you compare him to pretty much every forward on the field for the Lions that day, um, he 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 did the work to um, to to lift the slack, and he lifted the slack enough for the Lions to to have a victory. It was a lot of a lot of him scored a lot of tries, did a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, he got involved everywhere. Yeah. You yeah. saw him at Rucks. I mean, he was cleaning out some yeah. yeah. few Rucks out, which a forward should have been. And he scored tries on both wings. Yes. So he literally scored in both corners. Yeah. yeah. To Brilliant. the point where we were that's going, why he, he, he had to work around to go and yes. score that try yeah. to create the overlap himself. So yeah. that's, that's great. Well, I mean, we even were moaning that, you know, instead of doing a front flip, he could have run under the poles from the corner. So. <laughs> I was going to say, it wasn't all positive from the day. <laughs> um, I'll go next, if you don't mind. Um, the little that I did actually see of the Sharks Highlanders game, I thought James Fenter was very good. I think he won a lot of ball at ruck time. Um, sometimes controversially. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, he was doing the job. I mean, Richie McCord didn't get to be the best in the world by always following the rules. True. Um, so I think he did a lot at ruck time, a lot kind of not standout work, but incredibly important for the Sharks to be able to do what they did. Um, so just for playing that role and for you know giving the Sharks opportunities, yeah. I think he needs to have a big mention. And I think that adds a whole another dimension to the Sharks mm. game because when's the last time they had yeah, a, a feature? Exactly, I was thinking the exact same thing. Um, I, so can't, I, would, I mean, mm. just going through the players in my mm. head, I can't think of the last time that they had is Kutsia. Mm. Also, no, also, also, really that's he, what, five years ago now? But also he wasn't 100% no. that typical feature. No, 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 definitely not. It's more of a blind side, if you ask me. But I mean, he, he could also fulfill that role. He, he was could. just a, a yeah. bowler. He uh, could do everything. Yeah. So, you said, you said he wants to go last. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm going to go with Fussy. Um, not just because I... <laughs> ah, I knew I picked <laughs> it. Okay. Uh, exactly. Um, Fussy, I think, was immense. Uh, he had uh, some great vision, some great runs. Uh, like we spoke about earlier, he converted his opportunities, um, good handling skills. He puts, I think, Tambuea away for uh, for his try. Um, and I think he's, he's a big individual, but he's got pace and he's put on a bit of muscle. So he's also learned to back himself uh, with that second try where he fended the guy off. In the past, he was always looking for uh, somebody else to go score. And I think the big thing that I think as he was running towards the, the 22, that last uh, try, he had the ball in both hands mm. and he had a wing outside of him. So he was committing the outside defender to his uh, support runner. He, at the last second, put it back in his left hand, fended with the right hand and went to go score. Um, he never used to back himself like that. So I think uh, big potential um, and somebody who can really light it up uh, with those star players around him. I could only It's only going to get better and it really is pretty good. Um, so seeing that you're still online, I'm going to have to go for... I think Esther Hazen did really well. Mm. Um, he's he seems to be a little bit more mature in in the way that he's playing. Um, he's he's using his size uh, efficiently. You know, he's he's looking for the offload. He's he can get over the advantage line. Mm. With, you know, hardly he doesn't have to try that hard. Yeah. And um, I think that that is 
shows a bit of maturity, um, you know, looking for that offload and sucking players in. And that's mm. and you, if you've got the likes of Fussy and you've got Lukan Yoam and you've got um, Cohen Bosch running off of you, you're going to get punished. And I think that um, that for me is something that shows you know he's 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 growing, which is good. And I think we need we need that at 12 in South Africa, um, someone who can control the game like that. And he's. His contact in terms of defence, I think I don't think there's a better centre combination at the moment. Um, no, definitely. I think he, that Lukanyo and Estes are looking pretty solid, and from a defensive perspective, and attack for that matter. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked to see what he has to offer for the rest of the season. What I love most about that centre combination is I think let's say 10, 15 years ago. As South Africans, we always said those two should be interchangeable, but yeah. they're actually such different positions, mm -hmm. and they suit each other's games fantastically yeah. well. Uh, and I think that's why they work so well together, yeah. uh, and just good communicators as well. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's it. Plonk. Plonk. Yeah. Yeah. Plonk of the week. Plonk of the week. Anybody? Um. Can I just? Does it have to be a South African player? No, it can be. Oh, okay. Well, then I've definitely got one. It was in a South African game. Shame. Um. Henry Spade? <laughs> yes. Oh, shame. Just decided not to remember how to catch a rugby ball. <laughs> That's right. Three times in about <laughs> less than five minutes. Yeah, the one pass was a bit suspect. Oh, no, 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 sure. So yeah. not, not all credit goes to him for being so terrible. But it's, yeah, shame. I think the Reds actually would have had a massive shot at coming back quite strongly. And he decided to put a stop to that quite immediately by dropping the ball three times in two minutes or something silly. Like he really didn't have a good little period of the game. Yeah, yeah. So that's why he gets the award from me. Me, Go am I going next? Should give it to CJ Stunder for getting a yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds after he was awarded man of the match in the Irish South African. He is so. a South African yeah, that, that does count, does count. technically. But I'll, I'll pick someone, um, um, no, I, I don't want to pick someone. I'll leave it as CJ. <laughs> no, I was going to complain about something. I'll complain about it in a referent. <laughs> I think I know where you're going with that. Keys, I don't want to steal yours again. Um, I'm going to go for the Lions lock, Skuman. Um, on his first carry, he tried to go against, uh, what's his name? Uh, the prop. Tupo. Oxlacher. Uh, Tapo, Tupo. Oh. Yeah, the tongue and thought, that's it. And he got absolutely smoked. And <laughs> the, he ran with such gusto and determination, it was just like he ran into a wall. And, and that's just what I was saying earlier about uh, poor ball carrying ability. So, yeah. He's got a bit of a thing, though. He needs to learn to play more intelligently because he, he, he's got so much fierce. Yeah. He doesn't aim it in the right spot all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit too racket, like yeah. that, that old school. What, what was the commentator thing? You've got to run at the, the branches, the not branches. the trees. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Warren uh, Brosnan. Uh, uh, comment of the week. Eh? Yeah, that's absolutely shocking. Um, Blanc of the week uh, for myself. Uh, I think I mentioned it earlier, so I might as well go with it. Cornell Hendricks. I think he, <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Yeah, well, not from, uh, from the, uh, the, the podcast, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, we've, we, we, we've said it before, we're going to say it again. Your job as a winger is to finish, uh, is to have deathly hands, uh, make sure you have the vision as well, Keith, like you said. But uh, to, when you've got Speckman on your inside and then two supporting runners on your outside, and one defender. And one defender and you proceed to throw it to that defender, not that de that defender is agile, he threw it to a replacement pop. <laughs> uh, it, it's, you know, it, it, that was an opportunity for the Bulls to get back into the game, because uh, that's, I think it was 13-0 at that stage, uh, which proceeded to stay, but one quick try, conversion, it's anybody's game, um, and it's just not good enough at that level, and we all like the guy, We uh, there's a reason why he was a Springbok at some stage, so, I think we just expect better from him. Uh, if it was uh, Scorsan, I wouldn't really complain because that's what's, what it's worth. So uh, it really doesn't bother me too much. <laughs> I think it speaks to the lifespan of a wing though. You know, yeah. wings wings don't have as long a lifespan as the props do. And I'm really seeing like, bloody Yanni come back for the Lions and stuff like that. Um, Cornell is reaching the end of his um, Super Rugby career, in my opinion, because he can't do things like that. He can't make fast decisions like that. Yeah. Um, and, and you know it would be a different story if he was in a different position unfortunately 
Yeah. You are under spotlights yeah. playing on the wing. So mm-hmm. if you mess it up, that's all the people are going to yeah. remember. You can't hide in a forward pack. You literally have to do your job well. Yeah. No, definitely. Okay, so uh, moving on to, to reference. Kev has got both hands up uh, in wanting to go first for this one. Um, uh, is, it, is it with our dear mates Maurice van Vestesen again that you've got, got an issue I have some umbrage with him that's not what I was talking okay. about <laughs> please please go ahead share with us, share with us uh, your thoughts um, no actually, actually the, the, the point I wanted to make is it's less reference and it's more um, what, what we were talking about is we see it every single weekend but the players get put on with like two minutes to go Oh yeah, we had a big, big thing about that I don't know where to put this segment because that's not actually a refing issue that's a oh, coaching issue it's okay yeah, but I just think it's bullshit, man. <laughs> That's a lot of this. Yeah. To, to train for the, yeah, to train for the whole week and have to sit there for 78 minutes for the red, the coach to be like, I don't know, go. And then by the time you not even warm, the game is over. Yeah, it's, it's really not yeah. great. I feel and, so sorry for that. I'll tie it into by saying, like, why, why, why have we professionalized the sport and why do we watch it on TV? Because it's a spectator sport. Yeah. That's the point of it. So, I mean, th- there are a number of reasons that people do it. They do it for, for caps, they do it for contractual obligations and things like that. But screw that, man. The, the, the guys are there to play a game in front of a whole bunch of people that are watching them. Mm. That's the point. And, and I think if we, if we take it back to, to the refing that took place, we, we asked them to do the same thing. We asked them to ref the game where they must facilitate the game um, so that we can watch an exciting game of rugby. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think it was, it, it was, it was a bad performance. Um, what, what do you want to say about Marius Van Oh, there's a lot of, lots that I want to say. Um, so I think in both games, there, there was a few occasions where we almost stood up out of our seats and said, you can't do that. Yeah. Or, uh, ref, that's repeated infringements within the 22. We, I mean, there's multiple occasions where we said that. And for me, it's a case of that, what happened in the Lions game, at least, is eventually there was two yellow cards. Um, which was 100% uh, earned. Uh, there was no controversy with those. But, I mean, uh, so, but, uh, the Sharks was free-flowing, so that wasn't the issue. But between the, the Bulls and the Stormers, I mean, uh, Damien said it perfectly, is that unless the ref stamps his authority on the game within the first 10 minutes, Oaks are going to take chances. And that's exactly what happened. And you could just see, as if you're not going to call a penalty, Paper said a few times, I'm going to warn you, I'm going to warn you. And nothing happens. Well, um, actually, Paper on that one, I don't know if you remember, was it? The, I can't remember which game it was where he gave a he gave he put his arm up for the penalty yes. and yeah. then he says no it was a clean skill but still yeah. put put his arm down said play on but then the scrummy obviously saw the arm go up for advantage kicked it out on the full and then he didn't, didn't get, get the advantage he attracted yeah. no, so that that was a bizarre situation and it was it was a whole sequence of events leading up to that yeah. and there was quite a few strange situations that um, like side entry to the ruck and then playing letting them play on and it was very very strange yeah, it, it seemed it seemed like he was a bit hungover or something yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah I, th- I think but, but, but more importantly like, like for me that game had two yellow cards in it and it really didn't need to it needed to have one and, and I think the, the way it should have been dealt with was he should have stamped the authority quickly and fast and that yes. yellow card actually should have come out way earlier yeah. and then they would have known because the second yellow card was somebody came on and did an early shove to yes. the to the um to the mall before it dropped um, and was sent straight off and he'd been on for, for 20 seconds but i mean i agree with that but also just agree. i think there should have been another yellow card and actually i think it actually should have come for the lions because they had about three or four scrum penalties in a row in their 22 yeah. and then on top of that one or two breakdown penalties sure. and i think that Yes, the yellow card needs to come early and discipline needs to be stamped, but also need to be consistent. Yeah, that's so, true. 100%. Uh, I mean, that's my thing. It's, it's a bit all over the show. Do you not think there was a bit of bias in, in, at play here? I mean, it, it's, for me, it, it, it's a little bit, it's a bit funny that a South African ref ref the South African team. Look, like, I mean, for me, it, it was my initial may, Maybe Keeks, but, but, but the, the state of the, the Reds cheating in that game was, was a little bit absurd. It, uh, a yellow card had yeah. to happen. Sure. But what Damien's saying about a yellow card maybe should have been given to the Lions, yes, I think there is a case for that, and there maybe is. I can argue. If I was a red supporter, I would be a little bit pissed yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to it happens yeah. every week. I, I, look at, I look at some of these games in the states of them, and you kind of go like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, like maybe the ref doesn't want to call it to stop it. Um, but then we flicked over to the Ireland game, 
and look at the quality of that rugby. Look at the quality of those phases, mm-hmm. phase to phase. It's clean. You can see what the hell is going on yeah. because people aren't continuously trying to try their luck against refs that won't blow them up for things. Yeah. You know? yeah. No, definitely. And it, it's almost uh, the same thing with... It's every single weekend. And I mean, if I, if I was a betting man, I would be winning lots of money if there was a bet available for offsides. Because we sit in front of the TV every single weekend and we, about five times in 10 minutes, we all scream offsides, offsides. Yeah. Yeah. And that's taking away from the, the free-flowing nature of what we want to see. You, you literally, you're not giving the guys opportunity. So at some stage, somebody's going to have to say, listen, we, either we move it back two meters because the guys are rushing up so quickly now that I understand you can put the chips over or the grubbers through, but that's not rugby. Uh, you know, it's, 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 like, it's at the point where it's now like ingrained in our southern hemisphere culture that we must just push the limits, push the limits. Yeah. And it's bad because the refs do let that happen. Yeah. And they shouldn't because they, it's an easily solvable situation. But also, I mean, look at, look at this entire weekend. When somebody gives away a penalty in the southern hemisphere, they're angry with the ref. They're, they're matter. Mm-hmm. When somebody gives a, a penalty away in, a, in the Six Nations, they're sorry. They're sorry to their team that they've made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, you know what? You know what really irritates me is that there's a little bit of that football element creeping in, um, players diving and having a good old acting session. But you know that that for me needs to be stamped out. And the only people that can do it is the referees, and they need to stamp their authority. Absolutely. You know, when when we were all younger and playing rugby. It, the referee was the most respected person yeah. on the field. You call him You don't sir. want to get on the bad side of that yeah. person. You want to that you want that oak to be your mate right mm-hmm. throughout the game, and and that's that's ultimately what these teams. Yes, they're professionals, but come on, like you know. Mm-hmm. But that goes think back about to it logically. It goes back to what Cav said, I think, last week, and has said definitely before that all the refs also seem to want to be on first name basis with all the players and be mates and at the end of the day you as a player want to be on the ref's good side but the ref has no obligation to be you know your mate exactly he must keep control he needs to be neutral yeah Yeah. Yeah. i mean something that really bothered me was the i think it was the lions game Mm -hmm. the lack of the touch judges input where events happened right right under his nose and he just stood there and Yaku said, I didn't see anything. But then the touch judge, it happened. Yaku literally said, I didn't see anything. It happened on the other side of the rack. Yeah, there's right. a guy standing on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Ask the touch judge, what did you see? He said nothing. And I, I honestly think the touch judges are a waste of space. <laughs> this is what they've become. They've become completely redundant. And now... What is their point? Mm. What just to put up a flag yeah. for a lineout? I mm. think that's uh, that's the biggest input that they have. Yeah, yeah. but you're not even allowed someone to from them. the audience like we do yeah. at club rugby exactly. and get to take the shirt off. But they're not even called touch rugby's anymore. They're literally assistant referees. Yeah. So you've changed their name, but given them lef- less responsibility by giving them a title that should entail they do more in the game. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Okay. So that's my biggest problem is their lack of involvement. Predictions uh, for next week's games. Uh, Dems, who, who do we have uh, playing? Do you want all of them or just the South Africans? Just the South Africans. Uh, Hurricane Sharks away. Okay, that should Ooh. be a goodie. Hurricanes travelling, like we yeah. said earlier. Canes uh, played Cape Town and Argentina, so they'll be home for the first time. I think I'm going to go Sharks by 10. I'd also go for Sharks. The way, the form that they're in, sure. definitely Sharks. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than... Um, in the Highlanders game but yeah so I'll say Sharks by three sure close, okay, game. close game yeah I think that the, the Canes will, will know um, what they're facing with the Sharks and they won't underestimate them so I think it will be a, a, a tough game um, so I don't I don't see the Sharks running away with it like they did this week um, but I, I, I'm definitely going to support the Sharks and say let's say Sharks by five cool good stuff and then the only other South African game, Lions Stormers at Ellis Park. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think if, if the Stormers come with the, the same shit that they came with this weekend, <laughs> the Lions are going to get a bit of a scrick. But um, uh, let me start it off by going for the underdogs. I've got to support my team. Is there an underdog here? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking. <laughs> come on, we, we're clear underdogs against the Stormers. Okay, um, but I think, I think that uh, if we can come... And surprise them, maybe get an early lead up. Um, there's always a chance at Loftus. I mean, at Ellis Park for the, for the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> there's always a pretty good chance at Loftus for the Lions yeah, as well. So neutral sides, eh? 
um, but at Ellis Park, I think uh, I think there's a chance uh, for the Lions if we if we surprise the Stormers. Um, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna hope for that and say Lions by five as well. Mm. I'm gonna back my boys and also have exactly the same Lions by five, and hopefully we can pull something out and the Stormers decide to kick everything at us onto our back three and not play any forward rugby. Look, I'm hoping that we're going to adopt uh, your theory uh, that you play towards what your opposition does. So then I'd be very happy because then the Storms are actually going to throw the ball around. So you mean lots of running and knockouts? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be more happy with that than just kicking the ball away. Um, so, yeah, I, I have to back my boys. So I'll, I'll say Stormers by the smallest of margins. Uh, yeah, that's I'll go for that. I'm going to say... You know, I want the Lions to win, but um, my heart says <laughs> that the Stormers are... My head says the Stormers are going to pip the Lions, I think, by seven. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, uh, Bulls are on a bye. On a bye, yeah. 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 Well, I think, I think they need it. They need to re- regroup and uh, think about what they need to do, because at the moment, nothing's working. Yeah, they two two losses from two, hey? Yeah. Oh, oh, from two, so... They're looking worse than the Lions at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So guys, we've got a couple of minutes left. I just wanted to ask you guys about the other teams and what, what you'll think about, particularly the Crusaders. I think we just have to at least mention that game. Massive shot. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Fantastic game. Uh, yeah, and I think that the Chiefs came through with uh, so much chies uh, and uh, pulled one out of the bag. I don't think anybody... Uh, no, sorry. I think a few people saw it coming, but maybe not the majority of people. Yeah. Damien putting up his hand, yes. <laughs> What did you I think? Too, yeah. No, I just thought it was it was fantastic. Um, I think you know that Gatland that Gatland effect is kicked in. Eh? Mm. Okay. Yeah. I have probably. to say David Havili looked so good at fly, for the, half. At fly half for yeah. the Crusaders in the first half. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so he might be maybe a contender. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'd really like love to see a little bit more of that. But obviously, Richie Mwanga, I don't know how long he's out for. I have no idea. Yeah. It's yeah. nice to have uh, Mackenzie back as well. Yeah, it's yeah. good to see him. He, did you see his one tackle? No. He, you know how he um, smashed Nabola a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. into touch. He did it again to another. I can't remember who, who the winger was, but yeah, it was pretty impressive. I just was reading commentary. I was at the conference and I just got commentary and apparently there were chicken wing passes and stuff. <laughs> no, it was It was, it was a very good game. Did not help my fancy <laughs> points, but you know, he's playing good rugby. I think that's good for yeah. world rugby. Yeah. Big shout out to the Blues number eight for giving the most beautiful grab a kick across the field. I don't know if you guys yeah, have you seen that. that. But if you haven't seen that, go and have a look. It was for Ford to be able to put a kick in like that. Yeah. That was better than 90% of the fly halves. Yeah. He dropped it on the boot and it just rolled across Perfect. the field. Yeah. Actually, the Blues, the blues uh, score surprised me. Um, yeah. I didn't think yeah. that they'd, they'd put that much in the Warriors house. So. They're also, I guess, uh, looking like they've got a, a good shot this year. You know, yeah. that irritates the hell out of me because the whole of last season, I backed the Blues. The whole of the, <laughs> if they weren't playing a New Zealand side, I this picked them continuously. And the first, even the first week, I'm like, okay, no, I'm going to back them, I'm going to back them. First week, I'm like, no, 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 pick the home side, the Waratahs, look at what happens. So I think, I, should, yeah, I don't know what to do anymore. And hopefully that Taz winger is, is going to be playing in the next couple of weeks because it did not look nice. Yes, the guy who used his neck as a, a shock absorber yeah, no, scoring the try. Yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. Hashtag, hashtag uh, present thoughts, huh? What? For him. Good job. Any other teams? I don't know. Anybody else play some decent rugby? Like we can just skip over the Australian size because that's yeah. the other Yeah. Who have we left uh, off from Jags. There? Yeah, Hurricanes yeah. came back, they were down 10 with 10 minutes left and then went to go score two converted tries. Messing yeah. up everybody's super good. Jeez. Which was horrible. Not everybody's super good. <laughs> you picked the Jacks. I didn't Did pick you? the Jacks. Uh, I was going to say. Oh no, so you picked the Hurricanes. Oh, that's Hurricanes. why you're smiling. Okay, yeah. obviously. Okay. I can't remember. That's pretty much my whole super group story. I can't remember. Yeah, I think uh, me and Damo are sitting at uh, a very lowly, what's, is it 7 out of 14 here? Not, not enough. Not oh, 50%. It's not enough. And we think we know a little bit about rugby. We clearly don't. No, we, we don't. Definitely don't. <laughs> but Kev is in? Have you seen a third? Yeah, Keegs and I are tied for second. Hey, hey. look at you two. The moment. You two. But no yellow cap for you this time. No, unfortunately, uh, not. 
Tyrannosaurus Rex on your on your pool there. Yeah. Uh, well, guys, uh, thanks for for joining me for this week's chats. Uh, always lovely. Um, for the listeners, so again, we are on iTunes, we are on Spotify, we're on Castbox. Uh, and all the other good sites uh, there. Uh, please give us a shout out uh, if you have any thoughts. Uh, if somebody needs to speak more or less, we're more than happy <laughs> to get that sort of input from you guys. Uh, but yeah, until next week. Chat, chat then. Yeah, Thanks, cheers, guys. guys.